Hello, loyal followers, and welcome to a very exciting, special edition of Law School in Brief. This is episode 67, and I am your host, Megan, and with me is my co-host, as always, Lydia. And guess what, Lydia? What? I bet you can't guess. I'll give you one guess, and it has to do with something exciting. Um, you found an even better place in Boone that has a jacuzzi. Wow, I wish <laughs> I wish that were it. This is actually arguably even more exciting. And okay. I will spare you I will spare you additional guesses and I will cut to the chase. We have officially surpassed 10,000 downloads of law school in brief. Oh my Can gosh. You believe? Yes. And I no. I don't actually know the correct answer to that. Like, no, I can't believe it. Oh my gosh, it's so many downloads. On the other hand, I'm like, heck yeah. Heck yeah. 10,000 downloads. Incredible. And I also just want to call out the fact that these aren't 10,000 downloads from our moms combined. Okay. This is like, there are people from across the country and actually from across the world that listen to this podcast for who knows what reason. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't want to be like flattering of ourselves, but uh, it is incredibly flattering that there are people out there that choose to listen to this and keep coming back and listening to it. We have downloads from China and Australia, um, random places in Europe. <laughs> Sometimes we have an uptick of listens in the Philippines and I'm just, you know, thank you, everybody. Um, yes. Shout out to the listener in Kenya who downloaded our episode last week. I mean, sometimes I'm like, okay, is it folks who live abroad or is it folks who are using a VPN to have their IP address come from abroad so that they can protect their identity online? Mm, I think some- it's cooler to imagine listeners from across the world. Oh, 100%. <laughs> a third alternative would be that it's all bots and that these aren't real no! dogs. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not no. in the most male. <laughs> Listen to me letting imposter syndrome seep into our very exciting 10,000 downloads uh, announcement. So just <laughs> delayed reaction. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Thank you to everybody especially if you listen to our episodes uh, every week. But even if this is your first one, thanks for showing up. Yeah. Well, why did you say it was a special episode, Megan? Oh, just because 10,000 downloads. Oh, I (laughs) thought maybe you were going to say that it's because I've prepared a very special study sesh for Trust in Estates. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that too. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I was burying the lead. (laughs) But, yeah, this is so back by popular demand. Lydia and I have uh, have prepared for you, mostly Lydia, I'm just playing along, um, have prepared for you a study session episode. Lydia, do you want to give them a quick like intro to what we're going to be doing? Yes. So um, I am basically going to be coming to Megan. Megan's going to pretend to be my attorney. Just quick disclaimer neither of us are attorneys and mm-hmm. none of this is legal advice but we're going to pretend like uh i'm coming to her with these like ideas for what i want my will to be like and mm-hmm. she's going to you know weigh in 
on the legality of my ideas without giving any legal advice. Of course, of course. It's all yeah. just like, you know, this is all my preparation. Right, exactly. This is my idiot brain trying to work through these big concepts. I am in no way licensed, but I have taken a few classes. So, (laughs) (laughs) about Fresno States. That's right. I'm so passionate. Yeah. So, before we get into that, though, we're going to do our typical highs, lows, and mess, beginning with our lows, right? Because we don't want to make that mistake. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I guess I'll get. Okay, I'll get started. Um, So I'm now two weeks into my trimester, and I'm officially worrying that I bit off more than I can chew. Oh, no. But it's like not... Okay, I should rephrase that. It's not could chew. It's more like should chew. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's me at dinner every night. I can eat that much mac and cheese, but should I? But should you? Exactly. That's exactly where I am. Macaroni and cheese to you is five classes to me, plus TAing. Yep. Plus doing the whole academic fellow thing. Um, Can you uh, you, uh, drop a class at this point or no? No. The the deadline to do that was Friday. And I've never even considered dropping a class after registering for it. But this time around, I mean, I was still weighing the pros and cons all the way up until Friday at 4 p.m. Shit. So I'm taking, the thing is, two of the classes are asynchronous bar prep classes. Meaning I can do them whenever I have the opportunity to do them. They're all like pre-recorded. And it's very much like study at your own pace. And then at the end of the week, you take a test And uh, then you like do a self-evaluation. So the way I see it is even if I got like less than a B plus, it would still be worth it to me to have taken those classes because I'm, I'm, I've begun my bar prep officially. I've begun my bar prep. Oh yeah. It's not about like the grade. It's about actually. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like today I spent, the afternoon reviewing criminal law doing like I did a whole section on homicide and it was so beneficial to go back and actually revisit that material because I did not, you think you remember stuff, (laughs) but you really don't remember stuff. Yeah. Like I had, I had completely glossed over the fact that like common law murder is different than like the degrees of murder. And, and I had forgotten about, you know, kind of the nitty gritty of felony murder, involuntary manslaughter versus voluntary manslaughter, all of these different, oh man, criminal law was never my thing to begin with. So this is like an uphill battle, but um, yeah, I'm just kind of like, did I screw up taking five classes my spring trimester? Maybe I did, but I'm hope I'm hoping it's one of those, like what doesn't kill you make you makes you stronger situations and not, one of those you killed yourself and now <laughs> you're going to be like finals week and you're oh. going to be crying and moving to finals and... for the bar prep classes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh. I do. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Oh, man. So that's my low. Well, What's that, yours? That's a lot. I, oof. I have a kind of, 
uh, related, but not your son's, your son's worst. You win. Um, low, which <laughs> not is a competition, not but yeah. my, maybe it's just like a, an alternate universe kind of low. Um, my, I'm not two weeks into the semester. I'm two weeks away from the end. So exams are really close and I'm only taking three classes that have exams and our exam period is two weeks long. So for those okay. of you listening, like haven't taken law school exams, a lot of schools will do it where they're, they will schedule one L exam. So everyone's taking contracts the same day. Everyone's taking Cipro the same day, whatever. But then when you're in the upper level classes, um, since everyone has such different schedules, the exams are unscheduled and you can choose to, you know, get them out of the way early on. You can like extend your reading period and take your exams later. You can kind of like mm-hmm. spread it out. So I was like, wow, three exams over two weeks. That's great. But two of my exams, the two hardest ones, trust and states and corporations have mm. both been scheduled like close to the beginning of the exam period. And I'm like, um, I'm sorry. Why are both of these classes scheduled? I do not know why they're scheduled, but they are. So I have to take them on those days. And I'm getting my second, I'm getting the booster shot for the vaccine, like the last day of classes. So I have a couple reading days after that, but I I will be using them to sleep, I imagine, or other more unsightly things. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) who knows, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I just am going to have to actually spend these last weeks of classes preparing for exams for those first, you know, I'm just like, oh crap. Like I only, I only just realized this. I have not, I should have been the whole semester realizing that actually my exams are right in the beginning. But then after I take those two, I'll have like a week and a half to prepare for my ethics class, which is only like two credit hours. And it's not, not as difficult of an exam at all. So that's a hard turnaround period. So weird. I have two days in between in my in my first two exams. Oh no! You know? Oh well. I just need to like I spent this whole weekend doing trust and estates. So preparing for the podcast helped me study. Thank mm. you, listeners, for being part of the solution. <laughs> <laughs> not to be not to be a really annoying one upper, um, but two of my exams are actually scheduled to be on the same day. What? No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Can you get an exemption or like, can you get a, oh, that's why one? I'm not like, that's why this has been a non-issue. Cause I'm just operating okay. under the assumption that any reasonable person at the school would be like, Oh, we see this and you can take these exams on different days. Surely. But yeah, I mean, I can't do two, three hour exams back to back on the same day. That's crazy. That's would be a huge disadvantage to you. Completely. Completely. Unfair. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. The takeaway here is, you know, like (laughs) I'd like to think that most people in administration are pretty reasonable. So just ask them like closed mouths. Don't get fed. Just ask. The worst thing they can do is say, no, sorry, you're shit out of luck. You have to take two exams on the same day. Yeah. I just can't imagine that actually happening though. Uh, Crossing my fingers for you. Oh, thank you. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. What are you? Um, My meh. Well, okay. I'm going to speak very abstractly here, but um, 
you know, a lot of my friends are now hearing back from summer jobs um, and they're getting them. That's great news. I'm very excited. But uh, here are a few takeaways. So my meh is that I'm realizing that while I might be very principled, um, being principled does not pay very well. (laughs) And I've begun feeling, and this is, I'm just being as candid as possible for the podcast. And because this is, you know, um, like an oral history of us in law school. So maybe one day, 10 years from now, I'll look back on this and laugh, or maybe 10 years from now, I'll look back on this and say, you should have walked down the different road, Megan, you idiot. But here I am feeling a touch disillusioned about my social justice tilt. Uh, you know, I'm really, really excited about Boone this summer. And I would not, ch- I, I, I sincerely mean this, I would not change my decision to do this summer fellowship. But at the same time, I'm making $350 a week. Um, yeah, I mean, it's $3,500 for 10 weeks of work. Okay. So that I have not, I cannot remember a time in my adult life where I made less money than that. Like, I think the last time, right. Like I was, I made more than that working at a movie theater in high school. Um, (laughs) and while I can swing it because I'm lucky and I have, you know, a spouse who works. So like I have that and, you know, I, 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 so I also, I officially decided to take summer school so that way I could access Mm, financial aid, but I mean, it's not like I'm getting, that's money I have to pay back eventually, you know? Um, but additionally, like all this job experience I'm getting is really great. Um, but I'm worried that it's pigeonholing me into like this nonprofit world, which I already have come from. It's like, at this point I've had like a nearly a decade of experience working in this kind of thing. Um, and when I graduate, I don't have a job lined up yet. And, you know, Adam is talking about going to nursing school. So, it's looking like I'm going to be the sole income for our family. <laughs> I'm just kind of feeling like it's like one little thing after another. I'm kind of like, what? Hmm. Is this me meeting the crossroads? Is this where I, hmm. where I begin making some, some compromises? I don't know. It feels that way. Yeah. Uh, That's thinking, a big fat man. Thinking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I do not think that you have like pigeonholed yourself though. I really don't. I okay, I want to remove that from like what about your um residency? Wasn't that a, like at a downtown firm? A nonprofit law firm. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Um yeah. but but still, I mean, I have a similar background and I just think that the JD is kind of a reset on your resume. Um, and that if you're interviewing for a law firm, that's not a nonprofit law firm, it's easy to distinguish yourself from like a lot of your younger classmates just by talking about like your organizational skills, the projects you've had, 
um, you know, like your communications, like all these, like you have, you have actual concrete benchmarks that you can pitch to people. Like you've, mm. you've done real stuff. You have super valuable skills and then add to that, that, that can be applied. I mean, that can like transfer mm. to all of these like firms and then add to that. Now, you ha- now you'll have a JD, you know? So mm. I just, I just assume that like, I only got asked like once or twice, like, huh, really looks like you're interested in public interest. Why do you want to, why are you interviewing for this firm? Um, but most of the, most of the firms I interviewed for didn't even ask. They just assumed that if I was applying, there was some reason I had to apply, you know? There, yeah. It's, it's, it's nice when they, t- you know, treat you like adults, but I, I completely blew the interview when they did ask me though. So that's something really? that your services on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, first of all, okay, this is very embarrassing. But it'll be very entertaining for other people. First of all, I was, I thought that the interview was at 2 p.m. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to leave class a little early. That's fine. I get to class late because I forgot when class started. This is also a cautionary tale about like using a calendar at the beginning of the semester mm. instead of just thinking that you remember when your classes start. So I get to class 30 minutes late and I was like, oops, it's like 1.05. Then I'm just like, okay, let me check and see like which firm I'm interviewing with and maybe like Google them during class. I pull up the career schedule and realize that my interview started five minutes ago. Oh my God. I am wearing a hoodie. And so I like reach over, but I put a blazer over a hoodie. That was all I had time for. I joined, I had to like download some, like it wasn't zoom it wasn't google hangouts i don't know it wasn't skype nothing i have downloaded it was like webex or something had to download it and then they were just like asking me hardball questions like uh, maybe it's because i was late right uh i mean i blamed it on having to download something but that's not really a good excuse i'm sure they knew that um but maybe they my most generous interpretation is that because I had blown it, they were just kind of helping me like prepare for my other interviews by giving me. Yeah. Hard yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could have been what was happening. Um, or I just happened to be late to the interview that was going to be the hardest all along. Anyways, they were asking me like, you know, why are you interviewing with us uh, when you should be doing public interest basically. And I think my response was that, um, you know, there's so many more like, resources in law firms to be trained okay nonprofits are spread kind of thin and like when you're a new lawyer it is it can be really beneficial to like start at a firm and then like transition to a nonprofit that sounds like a great answer to me I would have been a deer in the headlights would have been like you're right I should I belong elsewhere (laughs) that is like that line of reasoning is what career services feeds to you when you are interested in public interest. So it is like a logic that is widespread, but it mm. turns out it's absolutely not what you say in interviews because <laughs> they were just like, oh, okay, so you're going to come to our firm, uh, benefit from our training resources. And then leave. Once you're trained, you're going to leave. Like They were like, you know, it takes like at least three or four years for us to recoup our costs. Like you're not actually valuable to us in the beginning 
you know, out of law school, like teach you how to be a lawyer or whatever. So I was like, oh, well, I am so sorry if I gave you the wrong impression. Uh, You know, blah, blah. Yes, of course, I would want to stay, blah, blah, blah. So wait, so they said that to you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh my God! This by far, so <laughs> I'm crawling out of my skin. That, whoa. Yeah, it was. I mean, I definitely never said that again. And now I can give that advice. <laughs> podcast, and now so. you have a job, so it all worked out okay. Oh yeah, the people who I got the job with, it had, it, the interview was much more comfortable. I don't think I'm the type who was destined to ace. The hardball interview. I think I, if, if I was going to be at a firm, it was going to be one that like was just chiller, you know? Oh, good. I'm so, well, I'm so happy to hear that everything, everything worked out. And thank you for sharing that. I think that's yeah. like a very, it's, it's so good. I don't know if this, what this says about me, but I, I love hearing about people's faux pas. Absolutely. Oh, of course. It just humanizes everything so much more. It's like, yeah, like yeah. Lydia has a job. But she also like messed up this interview, <laughs> and that's yeah. okay. And and the main takeaway was just that like most places aren't even going to ask; they're going to think like you're applying here for a reason. You you're you just got your JD. You want to start a new path. Mm. You know, here this person is telling us how excited they are about our firm. Like I just don't think you've pigeonholed yourself into nonprofit space. That's all. Well, I wish that this were a visual platform because multiple times while you were giving me this pep talk, I was doing, I'm going to try my best to describe this, but it was like, like a high eyebrow of like peaked interest and agree, agreeance. I was like, mm, there was a lot of like silent nodding and like <laughs> eyebrow highness, you know, I'm like, mm, that's a good point. It's a good point, Lydia. Pretty good point. <laughs> I will be revisiting this when I, when I need some hype. Yeah, excellent. I mean, what about you? That's Man. hilarious. I think it's so telling, like that. That was my response to you. Like, if you compared this episode to the earlier episodes, like, I should. The response I should have given you was like, "Do not worry about the money. Like, we are going to make this social justice law work." Mm. But now I'm like, no, no, like. It's don't worry, you can get a firm job if you choose to go that path. Like, that's what I'm doing. Then I'm going to do nonprofit. Like, I really hope I'm not fooling myself, but I think it's possible to do one and then do the other, you know? But that's my hope. Oh, this is a whole listeners, other episode. Just, yeah, if I've yeah. disappointed you, listeners, I am so sorry. Uh, I Just keep me honest, you know? Send me an email, scold me, you know? Well, I mean, we could. I'm not, I'm not, this, I'm merely floating an idea in a very general way. Uh-huh. But, you know, we are going to graduate from law school soon-ish. And I'm not saying we do a spinoff podcast, but it would be interesting to see how our lives compared if one of us went the nonprofit route and the other one went the firm route. Whoa. Just a thought. Cool. Yeah. Maybe not a weekly thing because you're probably going to be very busy and I'll likely be unemployed. <laughs> but you are also going to be very busy. <laughs> both busy. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yes. Let's do it. Great. I'm adding that to my list of highs. Uh, my meds are not super interesting like I'm I'm wrapping up with my clinic this semester and like there's this one case that 
was huge and took up a lot of time last semester. And this semester, I haven't done nearly as much as I would have wanted to on it. So that's my math. Um, Fair enough. But then also, like, I just, the idea of, like, moving out of my apartment is very overwhelming to me. My lease is up at the end of May. So it'll be, like, exams and then, like, a new job and then packing all kind of in the same time frame. Okay. So... I did not realize, call me a bad friend if you must, but I did not realize you were moving out of your apartment and I'm assuming into your house. The house is not ready. That's, that was one of my lows, but I didn't want to like, uh, I, I, I didn't want to take up too much time with it, but basically this contract is just taking a long time with the drywall. So, so where are you um, going? I am going to sublet Billy's apartment, which is great. Raja is already very comfortable there. So uh billy won't be here and instead of him having to pay rent here i was like why don't i just sell it like it kind of all works out and Mm. the thing is with my lease here it's like if i signed back on and i would have to stay here like another year i don't actually know how much it would cost to break the lease whenever the house is ready but i don't know so is the hope that you're gonna sublet billy's apartment this summer and then by the end of summer yeah, that's you move a into the house. huge hope. Yes. Like, oh God, I hope so. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about highs? Highs. Yeah. Those are things that happen. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So I have what I think is a pretty good high this week. Um. I don't know. Did you know that I'm a member of a bowling league? <laughs> I did not know that. I'm not surprised. I'm delighted. (laughs) Okay. So I'm not a big bowler, but um, two Saturdays out of every month, Adam and I participate in a bowling league called Special Friends Bowling. Um, Adam is a special ed teacher, and one of his students who graduated last year um, started a bowling league. And he is a kick-ass bowler. I mean, like, startlingly nice. good. I think his average is like a 236 per game. Wow. Which is incredible for those of you Mine's who don't like know 40. bowling. It's like crazy good. Um, anywho, we go every other Saturday. It's super fun. Um, it's, you know, it's just it's just chill times. And so our bowling league met yesterday and Adam and I get there, you know, we, we, we always have a beer when we go, that's like our special thing. And like, I get the beer, I like go over to the lane. I'm like starting to warm up. I turn around and I see this person walking into our group and she's wearing an Elon law t-shirt and she's carrying the book cast by Isabel Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't even know, like everything kind of like melted away. Like, it's like, I like completely lost sense of the fact that I was supposed to be like warming up and that people were like waiting on me and like all and I just like dropped everything and just walked over to this person like a moth to the flame and I said yes I go to Elon Law and I'm also reading that book (laughs) I was like like, yes (laughs) and I I introduced myself and uh she introduced herself back to me and and her name is Dr. Dr. Bugs um, it turns out she's the brand new Elon Law Director of Inclusive Excellence, which this is a fun callback. So if y'all will remember, we had Paris and Madison on the podcast for episode 58, and they were talking about the Elon Law call to action 
following, mm-hmm. um, all, you know, the, the murder of Ger- George Floyd. Um, there had been a, a letter that was written uh, and signed by hundreds of students at Elon Law and presented to the administration. And they had seven different demands. One of the demands specifically the one we were talking about in that episode was that the portrait of Jim Melvin be removed from the law school. But another one of the demands was that the school hire a director of inclusive excellence. Oh my gosh. And then they did. And then they did. And Dr. Bugs has a a child who is in the special friends bowling league. (laughs) Wow. It's the craziest smallest world thing. Like she and her husband and her son had been going to the bowling alley on Saturdays at noon when like hardly anyone's there because her kid likes yeah. to bowl. And it just turns out, you know, he's he's someone who would fit the bill for the bowling league. So like the person who worked at the alley was like, oh, are you with that group? And she's like, no, what's that group? And anyway, it's like all of these little like, cir- like I, I know. I know. So if she hadn't been wearing that shirt, had she not been carrying that book, I don't know that I would have like gone out of my way to talk to her. But anyway, we ended up cutting it up for like an hour. And then I looked back and Adam was basically like, hello, are you bowling? (laughs) (laughs) And it, I mean, the, the good luck is that the people we were bowling against didn't show up. So Adam and I had the lane to ourselves. I wasn't holding that many people up, but it was so, it was such a high to like meet somebody truly organically um, and have that much in common. And by the end of it, it was, it was just, it was so good. It was so good. And actually the next time the league meets, Adam and I are going to be bowling against Dr. Bugs's husband and son, which is going to be yes. so fun. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Um, it, no transition here, but another quick high slash nerve check is that, all the people at Elon Law who graduated a year before me got their bar results back yesterday. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Yeah. So that really was like a gut check. I thought to myself, oh, so a year from now, I will, I will know. I will know. Wow. Yeah. That's it's all feeling very real. weird that it's like so long from now. Cause don't you, well, no, it's not. Never mind. I'm sorry. I got my timelines totally mixed up. Okay. Um, that's so cool. Did Were you friends with a lot of people in that year? I wouldn't say a lot of people. I mean, enough people that it was significant to me and like enough people that there were, that I was like paying attention to certain people and like looking on their like social media feeds to like, you know, hear like one way or the other about it. Yeah. 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 So congrats um, to anyone who made it and good luck to anyone who is giving it their second shot. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oof. Anyway, what about you highs? Um, okay. So one of my meds was not getting super far with one of my clinic cases. That's because I was working on this huge case that was just turned in last week. So that is a high because I really wanted to finish it before the end of the semester. Mm. Uh, a lot of these cases will just like, you know, some students work on them and then pass it to the next semester, next semester, next semester. So it was awesome. Um, it's like just a huge uh, like packet of information that had to be sent to the IRS, like over 200 pages. So, oh, God. 
It is in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then let's see. I think I mentioned on the last episode that I wanted to start like making a toothbrush rag rug, also called an Amish knot rug. And I kind of gave up on it. I tried like three different methods and they just kept getting warped and turned into like bowls instead of flat rugs. But <laughs> I had a crafting sesh with some friends over Zoom last night and like tried the last method and it's been working really well. So I'm having luck making my rug, which has been a nice uh, steady break. And my last very little high was that I did not know you could eat wild violets and there's a lot of them in my yard. So I have put some on a salad. It was so pretty to just eat flowers. I couldn't really taste them, but I just loved looking at it. Okay. So I, you're saying that and I'm, in, I'm immediately thinking reasonable aunt Kathy will enjoy that high. <gasps> oh my gosh. Uh, does she eat flowers? I don't know, but she does enjoy all of your food highs. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. That's a food high. I had for Easter, the meal that we prepared was like a salad feast. So we had like an indoor picnic with like all these different salads, salad Ooh. recipes I had found. And yeah, just the violets like were a very good addition. It was one of well, those things where we had to eat like a couple hours later because we had only right. <laughs> Salad, yeah, but... Sa- salad feast doesn't sound particularly uh, satisfying. <laughs> it was nice. It was just, you know, it was very spring-like, but right. not as caloric. Oh, and then my last high that is law-related is I noticed an error on the Wikipedia page for holographic wills, and I edited it. What? Yes. Wow, you confident. I had to double check like three times to make sure that I wasn't making a fool of myself, but it's still it was, it was right. my the mind. original citation had cited. The original citation was like this really long list of like state. It's one of those things that's like, here's how each state treats holographic wills or whatever. Uh-huh. And Hawaii was wrong. It, it was like citing to the wrong provision. Like the citation on Wikipedia was to this big list of states. And on that website, the citation to Hawaii was just to like the wrong part of their code. Cause now they like have the uniform probate code and do allow holographic wills. Um, so I just was like, okay, so this was actually just wrong. Whoever wrote the Wikipedia article, you know, the thing they cited to, they, they, they thought they were doing it right. But I was like, Oh, Let's go. Foolish mortals. Yeah. It was very well, fun. It was a huge waste of time. <laughs> Actually studying. <laughs> but I had to do my part, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, I would say that that's like tangentially related to studying. Yeah. I also think it's a great segue into the meat of our episode this week. Okay. Hell yeah. Are you ready for my... Um... To take me as a fake client? I think I am. I think I am. So am I walking to your shed? Right <gasps> my signing shed. Step into my virtual signing shed. Yes. yes. So for listeners at home, I think maybe it might be helpful to kind of get a little peek up into what exactly it is we're about to do. <laughs> so it doesn't sound like we're just like robots. Um, 
Lydia has very thoughtfully prepared a, a script for us um, so that I don't sound like a complete know nothing and she can actually touch on all of the things that she wants to touch on. Um, but Lydia, do you want to like explain kind of what the objective is here? Sure. Um, so I will come to Megan with, uh, you know, different drafts of my will based on her feedback. And I'm going to be bringing up different topics that we talked about in class, such as intestacy, will formalities, um, division of property, incorporation by reference, um, execution of wills, will defects. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe we just, maybe That'll now you step out. into my, my virtual signing shed. Okay. So, um, Hey Megan, what's well, up? What's up? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I just came to, wanted to hang out, you know, uh, sorry. Megan said there's a script, but I'm kind of like improving a little bit here. Oh yeah. We're um, improving for sure. <laughs> uh, Yeah. I I mean, how's it going? Are are you are you open for business in this here shed? I sure am open for business in this here shed. Come on in, Lydia. Okay. I yeah. Cool. I'm gonna close the door. I, this is some personal stuff. This is like life and death here. Good, I, very good. I heard um on the radio that mm. if I die without a will, all of my property goes to the government. And like you know, I'm liberal, but sometimes libertarian. Lydia comes out, so like I don't. I don't want that to happen. So I brought some drafts of a will and wondered if you could like help me like make sure that I've written it out correctly. Cause I, I you know, I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. So I don't no. need you to write the will. I just want you to like, you know, look at it and like, you know, I don't want to have to pay you. I just want to like you to like look over what I've already done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is already going very well. <laughs> um, I'd be happy to look over your will, Lydia. However, I do want to uh, just point out a couple different things. First of all, I'm glad that you have written some sort of will because if you don't have a will, you are considered intestate, which means that there is no will whatsoever. And that means that the state statute governing intestacy would govern what happens to all of your assets. So the state law um, that we're using is going to be determined by where you're living when you die. And from what I gather, we're in the state of Missouri. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm in Missouri. Well, we can say North Carolina. I mean, I'm from there. I could, I could be dying there. I think okay. it's the same. Fair enough. Well, I can tell you this right now in the state of Missouri, if you die with no spouse or children or decedents, all of your assets are going to go to your parents. And I would have to double check, but I think the same is uh, said for the state of North Carolina, but don't hold me to that. It, it is the same. It's the same. Um, I should have put in North Carolina in the, in the little script. Okay. Yeah, no. I, yeah. So I don't have a spouse, children or grandchildren. So Okay, so it doesn't go all to the state. It just goes to my parents. But if I write a will, it can go to other people too. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was... That brings me to my first draft. I was thinking 
that like since it's the last thing that people will read of mine that mm. like I kind of want it to be like poetic and beautiful. So it just says <laughs> loved ones I am beyond the veil my possessions mean nothing to me here please split them equally among yourselves and plant a tree in your yard in celebration of the circle of life yours Lydia. That's that's pretty good, right? Right. So I, so I'm just, I'm, t- I'm taking a look at what you have here right now. Um, and it looks like you kind of scribbled something on what looks like a bar napkin. Is that correct? Well, I mean, yeah, I, like since it's poetic, I just wanted it to be like in my script, it's still legible, right? So it's fine. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. No, I, I, I can read it. Um, the thing is what you have here is essentially a holographic will, um, meaning something that's just kind of like written out and it, it sort of lacks certain formalities, if that makes sense. Okay. So Lydia, while the, ho- while this, while this holographic will, while this, while this very beautiful poetic thing that you've written on a, on a napkin, um, could hold some weight, it would hold much more weight if you had proper language. So what you have here is pretty ambiguous <laughs> and um, it could be a letter written before going to a live, going, going to live a monastic life, you know? Oh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, like it's not necessarily clear that you died. <laughs> um, that's true. I could give away my possessions like for other reasons. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, secondly, you don't name, and when I say name, I mean specifically name a beneficiary. You're using terms like loved ones and split everything. And, and that makes this kind of hard to administrate. Like you can't, I don't know who the loved ones are. I don't know what everything is. Um, Mm -hmm. lastly, you give away property in a will. You don't tell people, and I mean this from a place of love, Uh a will is not, is the objective of will is not to tell people what to do with their own money. (laughs) You could maybe give them some money specifically for planting a tree, but you can't, you can't force people to plant a tree with their own money posthumously. Does that make sense? I mean, I just think environmentally the world would be better off if I could, but I guess I see what you're saying. And I thought you might say that I would have to list out people specifically. So um, I I drafted one like that. It is my next draft featuring friends of the pod. Okay. Oh. Um, I'm going to do all the money from my bank account, 401k, and life insurance to my mom. And then okay. my house and my art supplies to Ricky and Raja and all of his little cat supplies to Billy. I'll give you my podcasting equipment. I will give all my exercise gear and bikes to Katie Gray. Uh, I'll give my banjo to Damar, my cookbooks to Rachel, and any other book, and especially like law school textbooks and notes I'm going to give to Oren. And then I'll give my car to Brittany. Why not? She deserves it. Um, so that's... <laughs> I mean, that's gotta be, that's, that was like, that took forever to think through all that stuff. So like that, that's as thorough as I can get. Okay. All right. That's it. We're, we're off to a good start here. Um, but I do have a couple follow-up questions. Okay. 
So first, do you have a list of beneficiaries that you made when you signed up for your 401k and life insurance? Well, yeah, I mean, they made me list off beneficiaries, but like that was forever ago. Like okay. I got my 401k well, the- <laughs> in like 2017. I don't know. Isn't that okay? Okay, for sure. No, I I get it. It's hard to keep everything straight. The thing is, wills don't override that. So first, you're going to need to make sure that all of the beneficiaries in in those plans that you made in 2017 actually are matching your intentions, the ones that you're putting in the will. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there has been, you know, a trend of using quote unquote will substitutes such as life insurance plans and inter vivos trusts to kind of direct property and avoid probate, um, which some people want to do because it would save legal fees and estate taxes. Mm. Um, and secondly, you're going to need an executor to actually make sure all of these items go to these people. So, you know, while I know that, that, you know, Raj and his cat supplies are going to Billy and that, you know, all of your workout gear is going to Katie Gray. Um, I'm your attorney. I'm not your executor. So you actually have to, you have to pick somebody who you, who you feel safe with and close to somebody who you trust, who, would carry out all of your wishes once you've passed. Um, and you, you would have to name them as the executor. Okay. Okay. And then I know that you said that you were very thorough when you made this list, but, um, I'm imagining that you do have some more property than what you listed here. So you're going to need a residuary clause. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to have that tone. Thank you so much. Um, I just, it just seems like it's going to get really long. So what if I keep it simple? Like all of my money to my mom, who will also serve as executive of my state. Okay. I would like her to divide my belongings among my friends, according to a list that I'll write later. Like I'll deal with that later. Mm-hmm. And then any property not on that list will go to Ricky. So that would be the residuary clause. Okay. And you know what? To just make it really simple and avoid probate, like you were saying, anyone who tries to contest this will doesn't get anything. How about that? that okay. That's that <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> I enjoy the spiteful drag queen nature of that last clause. However, <laughs> um, <laughs> a couple things here. So first, what you're trying to do is something called incorporation by reference. So when you say something like, oh, I'm going to refer to this list of possessions that I'm going to write later, right? Yeah. That's a thing, but the phrasing won't work. The list would need to actually already exist when you write the will, and you'd need to describe the list more specifically. So like, rather than say, oh, a list I'll write later, you could say the list of my belongings that I made on April 5th, 2021, located in the top of my desk drawer in my apartment in St. Louis in a pink envelope. Yeah, I mean, that that sounds a little over the top, but that's kind of the level of specificity you need to have. Okay, okay. But what I like about your idea with writing out a list is that your letter would be kept private. Um, And that's important to know because once a will is probated, meaning it goes through the probate process, it becomes public record. So anybody who wants to can look this up. And 
understandably, this is kind of like the last thing that you're writing or like, you know, it, it it's dealing with all of the nitty gritty of the things you leave behind. So it, it a lot of people do feel weird about having that information public. Mm. And if you were to write something in your will that specifically refers to um, a list or a letter or something like we were talking about in a pink envelope in your desk drawer, that would be a way around having that information be public through the probate process. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, Secondly, and again, (laughs) no judges here, but you can't threaten people not to contest the will. Okay. The court, the court <laughs> is not going to uphold that because it goes against public policy, just kind of flat out. Oh, so I can write it in there. It just wouldn't go be effective. Yeah. The court will just kind of roll okay. their eyes. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. And last but not least, I do want to mention that as we continue or as we continue drafting, um, your will isn't just for the disposition of your property. It's also a place for you to, to kind of provide your funeral plans. Have you thought about that at all? Absolutely. I mean, I want all my friends to have a huge party to celebrate my life. So, okay, okay how about this? Um, all my money to my mom, who will also serve as executive of my estate. She'll divide my belongings among my friends according to the list of my belongings that I made on April 5th, 2021, located mm. in the top of my desk drawer in my apartment in St. Louis and a pink envelope. Any property not on that list will go to Ricky. As for my body, donate any organs and tissues fit to donate. And then this is so cool. I saw this recently place the rest of my remains in the infinity burial shroud. That is a product made by this company called Coeo um, that you plant. And then I turn into mushrooms. So that is definitely what I would like. And then use a thousand dollars of my money i guess that would come from the money that i give my mom to host a big party for friends with vegetarian snacks that's gotta be i mean like i can like we're done right wow (laughs) we we are getting there we are getting closer but no you are not quite done what i know these so these provisions seem fine but it's still best practice to conform these wishes into the will formalities of your state. So as we talked about at the beginning, we're in North Carolina, um, which means that starting with your full name and date and stating that you are of sound mind and et cetera, oh, that's going to be I've heard that in the movies. Exactly. I mean, yeah, so the movies real. are ba- okay. Watch enough movies and you're basically a lawyer. That's all <laughs> I, I'll say it once. I'll say it again. Um, I mean, yeah, there, so there are kind of like specific phrases and words you want to use. Um, and that's why you're going to pay me to format all of that. And then when you come back, (laughs) I know (laughs) I I hate to get nitty gritty about money, but you do owe me, but no more than a, no more than $5,000. I mean, I, I don't have too much to spend on this. Will is that okay? You know what? I'll take it. That's $5,000 more than I have right now. (laughs) Okay. But last but not least, once you pay me and I have formatted everything and you come back, um, it's very, very, very important that you'll need to sign this will with witnesses. And in the state of North Carolina, you need two witnesses that are disinterested, meaning people well, that have interested. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't be interested in my cool will. 
Okay. Well, your will is pretty cool. What I mean by disinterested is two people who are, who, who stand to gain absolutely nothing from the disposition of your assets. So basically anybody who isn't Ricky or me or Katie Gray or Billy (laughs) or your mom, (laughs) people that don't know you and truly don't care about you are like the best candidates to be your two witnesses. Huh? That's interesting. Okay. Well, I'm very glad that you're the expert in this. Um, I feel like this has been money well spent. I'm going to just leave all of these drafts with you. And I mean, I should just be leaving you all the money, TBH, after this podcast, everything we've been through together, you know? (laughs) That is so kind of you. And uh, I know that you're joking, but that's actually something that the court is on the lookout for. They want to make sure that you know, skeevy lawyers aren't taking advantage of people who like need to leave their stuff to people. So there's actually a presumption of undue influence in cases where an attorney is being who an attorney is like the recipient of these gifts. And that attorney doesn't happen to be related to the testator. So Ah. since you and I are not relatives of any kind, Uh, if you were to die and leave me everything that would look really bad on me. (laughs) And so for that reason, I cannot possibly accept your very generous gift, Uh, but I would be happy to help you dispose of it in other ways. Okay. Wow. You are so professional. You know, it's my job as your, as your signing (laughs) shut attorney, your virtual signing shut attorney. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel, I feel really good about this. I feel like everything's all set, you know, really brought peace of mind. Good. That's the way to do it. (laughs) And scene. scene. (laughs) That was super fun. Oh yeah. It was fun thinking of ridiculous things that I would do with my, with my belongings. Are you actually like, so are you actually going to want to be turned into mushrooms? (laughs) Yes. So I was, when I was, I spent way too long when I was creating this hypo, like researching green burials and it was between turning into mushrooms and just kind of being thrown out to sea. That's a service as well. And like, you can bring a whole like party of people on the boat to go with you. Uh, and then, like, this company, like, puts you in this, like, specific uh, material and then, like, throws uh-huh. you off the boat. And so I was like, well, that's pretty cool, but two concerns. One's it's way more expensive than the mushrooms thing. And two, <laughs> like, just, just in case my spirit is, like, stuck in space time, like around where my body is, which I don't believe at all, but I started getting very weirdly suspicious about that. As <laughs> I would just much rather be buried like at home in the backyard and turn into mushrooms than like in the middle of fucking nowhere, like outside the bounds of like the US, like <laughs> maritime, like boundary, like in the middle oh, of the man. <laughs> Wow, I love like, that. Of <laughs> just being like, you know, taken out to sea. Yeah, if you're going to be stuck in limbo somewhere, at least let it be somewhere familiar. Yes, and just like on Earth, not in the middle of the ocean, you know? Yep. I don't know. Something very scary about that. Or like, what if 
I'm accidentally like buried alive. Like I could probably crawl my way out of the earth, but not of the bottom of the ocean. Oh my God, Lydia. God, I know, right? I know. It's not going to Wow, happen. you went way too deep into whatever <laughs> click hole you were in. I, really, <laughs> I don't know. Is this something that you thought of? Um, no, not really, actually. I should. I should. You know, I, I do like the idea of green burial. I think my Aunt Joan has it in her uh, will that she wants to have a green burial. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of it. Yeah. Uh, and I was kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. Just like take all my organs out and throw the husk of my body under the soil and like I'll turn into a tree or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, a lot of them are like you put cremated ashes into like a pod and then grow something. But the cremation process is also so bad right. for the environment that I'm like, mm, I'll do the mushrooms thing. The mushrooms thing seems the least impactful in a negative way. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe then you'll be topping someone's pizza that would be so i would love that i would (laughs) love to be on a pizza (laughs) oh my god ew 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 ew, ew. there's something about this i know but now i'm like imagining mushrooms growing out of my flesh and i'm just actually getting like so skeeved out i like want to strip out of my clothes but also my skin i don't want to be wearing my skin now Oh. <laughs> okay, this is a weird end of Lost Colorado this end week. The episode, friends. You made it. <laughs> All right. On that note, thanks for 10,000 yeah. downloads. Thank <laughs> <Hey>, you. <laughs> ah, until next time. Yeah. Okay. All Bye. right. Bye. Mushrooms Bye. out. Mushrooms out. Bye.